0: This is Frank Goss with Vintage Broadcasting. Thank you for joining us as we consider the history and the situation of public education in the United States of America today. Our series is entitled, John Dewey's Dumbing Down of the American Mind. As we consider the narrative and controlling the narrative, there's a question that comes up in the mind. How do I recognize socialism or communistic ideology when it's applied? How do I recognize a narrative that has been twisted? How can I tell if a corporation utilizing Marxist and woke ideas to run an organization? How can I tell when the government pushes me towards communist collectivism? Are we a free market society or a socialist society? Are we a constitutional republic or a democratic nation? What's the difference? Do we truly have freedom of speech? Is our nation a nation of laws, or does fiat rule? These are serious questions that the average Joe in the street doesn't really ask or realize until it's too late. But according to the data provided by the United States governing bodies, the questioning of the majority of our graduating high school seniors is becoming moot. Most of them, and college students alike, cannot answer any of these questions. They seem to be out of line and ridiculous, of no value So, young trained minds are not as available as they were in the past. Even most adults in the workforce shrug their shoulders. They pack the cigarette on the heel of their hands and they ask, Why should I even care? You speak and the FBI knocks on your door. You refuse to support the sexualization of children and you get pushed back. This insanity of transgenderism is being forced down our throat. We stand against it and we lose our job. So, tell me, seriously, why should I care? People sincerely cannot tell you if they're free to enjoy the hallowed liberties, such as free speech or freedom of choice. They go about their daily chores, they go to their job, they work their nine-to-five, they come home and enjoy life. Honestly, the general public is not sure as to what the Constitution says regarding freedom and liberty. So independence is limited, and freedom of speech is as well. But we won't know this until it's too late. Over 850 people were arrested in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021. We're being told that this was an insurrection. Most people don't take the time to consider what is an insurrection. An insurrection, by definition, is a violent uprising against an authority or government. They also mentioned in the same breath that many people died due to this insurrection. And this is an oft-repeated lie. You know, it was Goebbels in Germany that said, if you lie enough, the people will believe it. And this is what the media is doing. This is what the government is doing. And this is what is becoming the truth. So they repeat the lie over and over. Many people did not die. The only person that died on January 6th, 2021, was a 35-year-old young lady, though involved with the Capitol crowd, was seeking to stop the lawlessness that was getting out of hand, contrary to the story recounted by Lieutenant Byrd, who shot and killed her. This fact is upheld by video evidence, which Nancy Pelosi did her best to withhold from public consumption. Ashley Babbitt. She was shot and killed by Capitol policeman Lieutenant Michael Byrd, and it has been noted that she was doing nothing that warranted being shot down. It cannot be denied that this was indeed a troubling event, and the optics were terrible. But who caused it? That's the dubious thing. Nancy Pelosi's fingerprints are all over it and it has a stench of the leftist radicals. FBI agents were moving with the crowd. Antifa participants were within the crowd, dressed as MAGA participants, waving flags and encouraging the groups to move into the Capitol. But these things are not being brought out and amplified. In the video that we have seen, Ray Epps repeatedly points the people towards the Capitol and tells them that they must go in. Barricades must be removed. And yet this one individual has disappeared from the public consideration. He's not charged with anything. And while many participants were arrested simply for being at the rally, Ray Epps is released and not considered to be anything of importance. And many say that the FBI was directing and inciting the march of the masses. None of these questions are being answered. What we are witnessing is the constant pursuit of the absolute demolition of the character of Donald J. Trump. The communists have vilified this man since he announced that he would run for president. Two impeachments proved to be based on incredible lies and misinformation. And now, a third attempt is being made to discredit this man, who is brave enough to stand against the globalists and oligarchs in power. We're witnessing the Democratic Party violating the integrity of the Constitution on so many levels. It's a disgrace in the face of the world, and many are watching. Our enemies are taking notes, and they're smiling with delight. They're moving forward with their nefarious plans. Russia invades the Ukraine. China threatens Taiwan. They have every right to seek the best for their own people, don't they? But not at the expense of American sovereignty or threatening our nation. Not at the cost of liberty. Donald Trump has been, and will continue to be, their primary focus. Not China, not Russia, not even the Ukraine. No one is asking the obvious questions. It's all about Trump. To most, it's nothing more than a Hail Mary attempt to apply the final blow to a political authority in the history of Donald J. Trump. Saul Alinsky taught Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and many others to fixate on one single issue and destroy it. Keep the pressure on and never let up. Pick the target, which is Donald J. Trump. Freeze it. Personalize it. Polarize it. Isolate the target from all sympathy, and go after a person, not an industry, and not a party. Go after an individual. Why? Because people hurt faster and deeper than institutions. The Democrats are following defined principles and are holding together as a unit to their credit. They're following ideological lines. The transparency of this present investigation into January 6th is limited to what they desire us to believe and to see. This is Leninism. This is communism. This is how you recognize this stuff. This is the destruction and the abolishment of constitutional rule in the United States of America. This administration has been following in the steps of every democratic administration for the past 100 years. We are left with the conclusion regarding these questions and issues in our polarized society. You cannot trust what you're hearing from either side. You cannot trust what you see. You cannot trust what you read. Even the things we have believed for years are now being exposed for their evil intentions that are based on their foundations. Public schools teach kids that being white is sinful and that our nation is evil intrinsically and systematically. Boys are being told that they can become girls and girls are being told that they can become boys. And no, these are not high school children. These are preschool children. They're being taught that sex is a fluid issue. But this follows the communist ideology that there are no absolutes, that life is is an an absurd experience god is mocked at every opportunity and the church is being infiltrated and is now preaching white supremacy and critical race theory from the pulpits and denying it while they're speaking history is being revised and twisted and we the people get up do our nine to five come home and enjoy life the efforts and mannerisms of control exhibited by communistic principle become apparent it's worth continually repeating a half truth is a whole lie. Truth is not a subjective issue. We cannot say, well, you have your truth and I have mine. Truth is truth. Marxism is not an ethically based solution. Truth is a relative thing to the Marxist cause. Even the Marxist Communist Manifesto declares there are no moral objections to blatant lies if it serves to achieve their goals. Not only are these concepts committed to paper, but they practice this as a principle of leadership. The ability to act in such a manner without any moral or ethical reservations is a desired trait in corporate America and within national party politics. The APA, American Psychiatric Association, studies have concluded that individuals showing psychopathic tendencies are more likely to become leaders, wealthy and powerful. The study goes on to state that such leaders may not be influential and that people under such leadership will rebel. They'll lose motivation, suffer depression, become angry, and eventually seek a way out from such oversight. Why do all the people seek to leave Cuba and come to America? Why do the communist citizens seek to leave the communist government? In business, psychopathic tendencies appear to be a constellation of personality traits such as boldness and meanness and disintimitation, coupled with wisdom and ability to make business decisions without consideration of the individual. These are indicators that an individual is unafraid to make the difficult decision. They're leaders. Well, they're also bullies, and they won't hold the attention of the masses. Eventually, they'll be overthrown. Ceaușescu's body was drugged through the streets. Controlling the narrative, though, is critical, and thus creating a facade that coincides with the narrative is essential. Bertrand Russell's deviant and sinister mind suggested that through a dogged repetition of a lie, we can convince the masses that snow is black. From the perspective of the majority of American citizens, this is sickening. But then again, the majority do not think this is a pervasive thought among the academics controlling our institutions. But it is. It's a pernicious teaching. And the question remains, are we still being led by constitutional law or by a band of psychopathic thugs who hold power? The previous illustrative example should serve to aid you in your conclusion. The people in Washington's jail would say psychopathic thugs are in charge, and around 80 million other Americans would heartily agree. The Sixth Amendment guarantees the right of a criminal defendant, including the right to a public trial without unnecessary delay, a lawyer, an impartial jury, and the right to know who your accusers are and the nature of the charges against you. None of this has applied to the prisoners being held in Washington in relation to January 6, 2021. Many have not even been charged. Is this a guarantee that the Constitution makes to us the Sixth Amendment? Well, if you ask Nancy Pelosi and her ilk, no. They're ignoring the Constitution. And they see the Constitution as a living document, one that is not binding or absolute. Now, How can they say this? Because in their mind, there are no absolutes. There are some who have been released from the jails in Washington, and yet they are met with cries of white supremacy. Erica Zunkel, associate director of the Federal Criminal Justice Clinic at the University of Chicago Law School, let it be known that most of those who had been released early were white. In contrast, most people in the federal system are typically people of color. But follow these thoughts and ideas throughout society. You and I tend to look to the left and the right for explanations and answers. On one side, we see shameless immorality and moral degradation. On the other side, we see cowardice, lack of direction, all cloaked in a cloak of righteousness and indignation. We, the people, have deep concerns which are ignored and mocked by either side. Food costs are out of control. Gas prices rise by a government with a plan. Joe Biden was explicit in saying that he would rid America of dependence on fossil fuels. He's simply doing what he said he would do. He's intentionally crippling our nation, which only 19 months earlier was energy independent, prospering, and content. The crosshairs of his rifle are explicitly aimed at the middle class, the one Donald Trump lifted. He is doing this in plain sight, and we're watching and witnessing these things. Yet, while he's swinging the whip, he tells us that he's not hitting us at all. This chaos is the fault of Vladimir Putin, the Russian boogeyman. Biden's pathology is manifest. He lies habitually, pathologically. The politicians in Washington are forcing their Marxist agenda on a people who do not desire such a change. America is rejecting Biden and Obama's psychopathic leadership. As facts arise, the truth of election fraud... Is becoming clearer and more pronounced. The why behind the treason is obvious. Power. The how is what puzzles the pundits. The facts supporting this were obfuscated. The courts refused to listen. Thus the lie is masquerading as truth. People are not allowing the lie to be challenged. In November of 2020 we experienced a coup d'etat. Our elected officials are allowing this to stand. Why? hate donald trump he was walking through their political temple and overturning their tables he was disrupting their long-established but illegal unethical and immoral norms he was interrupting their flow of cash and he was standing for the people and the people celebrated him for his courage and the nation prospered the democrats would have none of this the marxists cannot stand this if you're concerned and interested in answers if you're a seeker of wisdom you'll desire to know the truth. Controlling the narrative is critical. The truth, though it is apparent, must be silenced. The lie must be repeated over and over until it's finally accepted as having some plausibility. When this is done, then the paradigm begins to shift. Time passes, books are written, and the lie becomes the truth, and the snow becomes black. And we all agree, we've been told a lie. And such is America in 2022. We need to be looking up and down instead of left and right. The left and right are being led by those who are on the top and looking down. And it's been this way for well over a century. And it falls under the idea of the 80-20 rule. 80% the masses are controlled by the 20%. The minority is running roughshod over the majority. The same thing happened in the Bolshevik Revolution in Soviet Russia. Historically, we've had J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, John D. Rockefeller, Cornelius Vanderbilt, and Henry Ford, who ran the show back in their day. They were the titans of industry, and the nation was controlled by industry. The Gilded Age robber barons were vicious, oboral men who were interested in absolute control, not simply of the United States, but of the world. These were the men who contributed to and funded the United Nations and the Council on Foreign Relations. The idea was world government, managed by a few, the elite, who truly do, the wealthy and the wise. You had John Astor, Jay Cook, known as the man who financed the Civil War, Charles Crocker, Andrew Mellon, and other magnates who controlled industry, transportation, economics, education, and foreign affairs. We need to look at what the wealthy are doing. The truly wealthy are working behind the curtain. They realize that if we were able to see what they were doing, Their efforts would be interrupted and greatly hindered. So they have us looking to the left and to the right. They have the media screaming at us constantly through our television and through the radio and in print. They are the ones that are deflecting the truth. This gives great credence to the understanding that controlling the narrative is imperative. Whoever controls the dialogue controls the actions. In this day and time, though I'm not sure that those who are controlling the dialogue would even blush if exposed. This is not an attempt to create animosity that's undeserved or any needless anxiety. There are some who have large sums of money who've been blessed by their efforts and are sincere, solid citizens who appreciate all that they have here in America. They are truly philanthropic and and helpful. But then you have those who possess wealth beyond anyone's imagination, who possess a maniacal desire that burns within, that has no reason outside of a pure lust for power Carl Schwab in his World Economic Forum, who unabashedly announced that the world in by 2030 would own nothing and be happy. Alongside him sits Bill Gates, whose investments in vaccines have guided him throughout Africa, vaccinating innocent citizens with chemical and mixture that have left a hard trail of death, and he leaves without any responsibility. Then he jets off to Jeffrey Epstein's Island Paradise, where he spends his weekend with underage girls. Mark Zuckerberg, who spent much of the time, so much time in the Obama White House, that it was considered to establish an office for him and his staff. Then, during the 2020 election, he provided Joe Biden with over 400 billion million for use in establishing drop boxes for illegal ballots to be placed. He also hires a Chinese contingency to work for him at his headquarters, where he provides software for the CCP military. Yeah. Jeff Bezos spreads lies and Innuendo on a daily basis through his Washington Post. Larry Page and Google are responsible for the closure of over 300 Canadian newspapers, while Justin Trudeau exercises his Marxist principles on the Canadian public. Again, we look back at Zuckerberg, who owns Facebook, and Google. They control over 75% of the social media worldwide. They're heavily controlling the narrative and actively canceling any voices that differ from their political persuasions. They're actually undermining democracies and causing untold disharmony and instability worldwide. But but they look so clean and proper. They wear ties and have families, wives, and children. Surely they would not do this. These two companies employ no journalist, and they make little to no effort to separate truth from lie. They favor and invite controversy, sensationalism, fiction, and misinformation. And they cancel and eliminate anybody who voices something different. Now we have Elon Musk, who has established himself as the world's richest man Yet he's not showing himself to be a globalist on the scale of Zuckerberg, Gates, or Berkshire Hathaway's Warren Buffett. He's not playing along with the media, so the media has set their aim on this man. While the left and the right are deeply influenced by money from lobbyists and various political action committees, the dark money is sought by by both parties. Politicians are not above corruption. And many, if not most, are willing to turn their heads when major corporations who contribute large sums of money push their weight around in Washington. We need to focus on the top versus the bottom dynamic. There is a small number of elitists representing a small number of people with influence that are focused on the educational influences here in America. They're controlling major institutions, and they're acting in their own interest, and they stand opposed to the interest in the, of the vast majority of the American people, the ones who still believe that America can be a force for good throughout the world the ones who think that our children should be protected from the imposition of radical gender ideologies and sexualization. Today, it is a choice between the revolution of of 1776 and the communist surge of the 1960s. The first offers a continual unfolding of America's founding principles of freedom and equality. The second ends up in nihilistic efforts and demoralization, death and depression, rioting, just as The Weather Underground, led by Barack Obama's biography, William Ayers, directed. You may recall that several of the weathermen died when a bomb accidentally exploded in a basement in Greenwich Village in the early 70s. Or perhaps you might remember the Capitol building being bombed. We can no longer sit back and do nothing. It's not a matter of holding a defensive position. We must recognize that offensive action has to be taken. We must take back the ground that they have taken through the courts and through legislation. And if we don't do this, who will? And if not now, then when? What we're seeing take place in almost every sector of society today is intentional and has been in the making for years. Their march through the nation was seriously interrupted by Donald J. Trump, and they're doing all they can to make sure that this does not happen again. It's not so much the man, it's the idea. Make America great again. They don't want that promoted. Not now. No. They're making a dramatic effort by televising their January 6th hearings on national television. They want you to forget constitutional law, because they sure have. And yes, as Zelinsky taught, they will argue, kick, and scream. If anyone attack, attacking their unconstitutional behavior steps out of line, according to the Constitution they despise, they're going to hang us by the rope the Constitution provides. Biden has bent on saying that we're at war, and yes, I would agree, but not with the Ukraine, and not because of Russia. This man does not know the truth and is incapable of standing on behalf of the people. He is a pathological politician that has no morals. Our battles are not in the Ukraine. They're in Washington, D.C., primarily on Pennsylvania Avenue. Our enemy is within our own house, the White House. The Democrats are doing all they can to overthrow the nation that you and I love. If We do nothing. These men will succeed in their lust for wealth and power. And patriotic Americans will lose the country they have fought for. And that includes me. Our series is entitled John Dewey's Dumbing Down of the American Mind. This production has been written, researched, produced, and edited by Vintage Broadcasting. We're working to provide you, our listener, with factual information that will provide a historical understanding of events that have brought us to where we find ourselves today. We hope this series is beneficial and helps you in your discernment, awareness, and appreciation of specific details, and that it serves to stimulate your thinking regarding the critical days which we're confronting. We thank you for your time and consideration, and would ask that you invite a friend to listen to our series. You're well appreciated.